Good, e good afternoon and welcome to the Rhythm Notes of Health with me, Kai Ayanta. I am so excited. We finally got through that men series and um, we finally got through that men series and we're, I mean, that ladies series. And now we're ready for the men series. And if I can just get my music together. And I'm so, so excited that we're gonna start our men's prostate health and sex series out with Dr. Melvin, Melvin Fossil. Um, he's gonna be talking about prostate health. I'm so excited about this series and all the things that we're gonna be talking about. But without further ado, let me bring in Dr. Melvin Fossil. I'm gonna let him tell you about himself. He is TU, we went to school together. So let me just bring him in and, um, get this thing started. Dr. Fossil. Hello. How are you today? Excellent. Doing well. Doing well. I am so excited. I was just telling the guests that I am so excited about having you on here because not only are you smart, but we have <laughs> Booker T in common. We, we both went um, and graduated from Tuskegee. And right. so TU, look TU. You know. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, when I when I see people and they have on a t-shirt and I say that and they don't say you know, I'm like, what well, you're not booking T for real. Like <laughs> everybody knows that. Even though that wasn't what it was when we were there, right? That's some I new know. generational stuff. Know, we just tacked it. on to it. I know me too. I love it too. We needed we needed a call. But today we're here bringing the bringing the book of T Smart with you to talk about our men's uh, series. We just finished our uh, vaginal health and sex series of our women's. Wow, it okay. went really, really, really well, uh, probably better than what I expected. So of course the men are like, when, when is my turn? I was like, no worries, your turn is coming. So okay. we're doing a uh, prostate health and sex series for men. And we're gonna start the series off by just talking about um, the prostate. So, but before we get started, Dr. Fossil, tell us, who you are and what you do and where you're located. Okay, I'm a board certified urologist. I'm in Warner Robins, Georgia, which is really just south of Atlanta, middle Georgia. Uh, I have a lot of people that travel to come and see us. Uh, the thing is, is, but I consider myself kind of a mixed background. Mm -hmm. I'm a electrical engineer, I'm a bioengineer, a doctor and a surgeon. I've kind of bounced around and consider myself a bent arrow because I went from Tuskegee, Fort Valley State, University of Washington, University of Wisconsin, University of Georgia. Wow. I was the second in the history of their program in general surgery, first in urology. So I've kind of bounced around and now I'm doing my thing. Yeah, and, and, that, and, and that's why you're so smart because you have gotten experiences in a lot of different areas, and right? So you're able to take everything that you've learned in each area and bring it to make the whole you, right? So um, so you're in Macon, Georgia, is that a Warner Robins? Warner Robins, which is adjacent to Macon. Which is adjacent, and that's not far from Atlanta. Um, right. So if you're in the Atlanta area, uh, we expect for you, if you, because here's the thing, we always say you, you know, you and I have talked about this. You pay for what, what you want, right? And if you want to have the best in the best in, in Blackpink, we only deal with the best in the best, right? Because <laughs> we only refer with the best in the best, then you have to be willing to uh, drive. So thank you, Dr. Fossil. It, you know, it, it was like, um, 
a lot to get you here. So let's just get on with it because I know my time is winding down. <laughs> let's just start. <laughs> let's just start by talking about the prostate and um, what is the prostate? Okay, the prostate is an organ that's located below the bladder. And, you know, basically the prostate has a function. Uh, it produces the fluid that the sperm floats in during ejaculation. Now, the thing is, is that a guy can live without his prostate, uh, but the prostate causes some problems sometimes because I'm a GU surgeon, a general urinary surgeon. And I always explain to my patients when we talk about anatomy, I say, you know, you got two kidneys that filter blood and make urine. Urine comes mm -hmm. down these tubes called ureters, fills mm -hmm. up in the bladder. When you urinate, it goes through the prostate and out. So mm -hmm. then when you focus on the bladder, I said, think about the bladder like a balloon. You squeeze the balloon, the water shoots out the pipe. The mm -hmm. pipe is out through the penis. But mm -hmm. when you go through that pipe, it goes through the prostate and out. Now that mm -hmm. becomes a problem. So that leads to all the things that happen with the prostate mm -hmm. as far as urination and things like that. Uh, so um, so you said that the prostate is, um, is below the bladder, right? Right. And hence is why I guess maybe older men, they go to the bathroom a lot. Does it have something to do with the prostate? Yeah. So okay, we're gonna, that, uh -uh, we're gonna get to that. Okay. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. No worries. We're gonna get to it. So, so, so we're let's just talk about the anatomy of it. So it, it is below the bladder because you know because Dr. Fossil, to be perfectly honest, although we'll have men to listen and and see the podcast, the majority of the information is going to come through their wives or spouses or significant others, right? Because we're the people that's gonna push the men to go to the doctor and get things checked out. And we're the people that pay attention to what's going on the most, right? So yeah. we just wanna make sure that the men understand the prostate. Cause you know, there's a lot of men, they know, they know the prostate, but they don't really understand, right? And then we wanna make sure that the women are understanding exactly the function of the prostate. So. You said that it, it is below the below the bladder, right? Correct. Right. And it you use a balloon as an example, right? To now, does the balloon represent the prostate? The balloon represents the bladder. The bladder. Right. Okay. So the balloon fills up and it stretches. It sends a signal to the brain that hey, I have to pee. Mm -hmm. You send a signal back down. Okay, relax the sphincter, squeeze, and you can urinate out. Now okay. the problem becomes is that when it when the balloon squeezes, the bladder squeezes. It shoots the water out the pipe. Think about the pipe like the penis or the urethra, uh -huh. all right? But when it goes through that pipe, it has to pass through the prostate and go out. The problem becomes as the prostate gets bigger, it becomes more obstructive, and now the pipe is obstructed. Now you have peeing problem. Okay, now you have peeing. Okay, so, so you, but you also said that you can live without your prostate, right? right? How is it that you can live without the prostate as we talk about the anatomy and what the prostate is? How can you live without it? Well, the prostate is basically producing the fluid that the mm -hmm. sperm floats in. So mm -hmm. the thing is, is that if a guy has prostate cancer or whatever, we can actually go in and remove the prostate and then you re reconnect the urethra or the ping channel directly to the bladder. And now, you know, you go for it without the prostate. Okay. So if, so, but you said that the prostate, so the prostate is it, it the only function of the prostate to um, carry out the fluid or is there another, is there another function of the prostate? Well, basically that's the major function because when a guy actually ejaculates, mm -hmm. you know, the fluid, the sperm comes from the testicle. Okay. Right. But the fluid uh -huh. comes from the seminal vesicles and the prostate. 
So I always okay. explain it to my patients is that it's like one plus one equals two. Uh -huh. One part sperm, one part fluid, and then you ejaculate out, ejaculate out number two is the semen. Uh -huh. So the thing is, just like if a guy gets a vasectomy, uh -huh. where we actually cut the vast deference, now uh -huh. the sperm can't get through, you know, uh -huh. but they still ejaculate. The fluid is just coming from the prostate in the seminal vesicle. Mm -hmm. So I like that you said one part sperm, because that makes it really clear, right? One part sperm, one part fluid, right? And the part that's fluid is coming from the prostate, correct? Correct. Okay. So the part that's, so so if you didn't have the prostate, then can you still um, be able to produce a babe, baby with someone? Uh, no, not, di not directly as far as ejaculation, because you uh -huh. don't, won't have that fluid. You know, okay. you can do other things where you get sperm directly from the testicles. Uh -huh. you know? But the thing is, is that once the prostate is removed, the guy's not ejaculating anymore. Okay. So, so the fluid is then, it is safe to say that the fluid is important to work with the sperm to be able to now give this, uh, to, to have, make, make a baby, if you will, right? right? That's, how you, that's the semen. So you want, okay, that's the semen. you know, so I always say one plus one equals two, one part sperm. Mm -hmm. A part fluid equals mm -hmm. semen. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is that you got to have the testicles that make the sperm mm -hmm. and the fluid comes from the seminal vesicles in the prostate. Mm -hmm. So those two together, now you get semen. So if a guy removes his prostate, mm -hmm. you know, he can still have sperm, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not getting out because the prostate's now gone. Okay. Okay, great. Okay. So th then the next question becomes, as we understand the uh, graphics of what it is and, you know, visualize, right? Why is the prostate important to men? Why is it important? Is it's an organ? Or is it an organ? It's a reproductive organ. A reproductive organ. Okay. Very good. I like that. So why is it, well, that kind of tells it, but we're going to say it anyway. Why is it important to men? Well, the thing is, is that, you know, it's important from the standpoint of reproduction, Mm -hmm. uh, it also, wait, because of the anatomy, when the urine comes from the bladder, it goes through the prostate and then out the urethra. Mm -hmm. You know, there are sphincters that are there. So the prostate mm -hmm. plays, a, plays a part as far as controlling urine and things of that sort. So say if a guy had his prostate removed, mm -hmm. right? One of the things that can happen once the prostate is removed, you can destroy a sphincter and now the guy can be incontinent, losing urine, things of that sort. You know, mm -hmm. so it plays those type of functions. Uh -huh. And the sphincter is the muscle that helps you control to urinate or not. Because we talked about that in some of our women's series, right? Is that that's what the sphincter muscle is also in male, correct? Right. There's a smooth muscle and there's uh, there's external muscle that's controlled directly by the guy himself. So like when you're trying to hold your your muscle, you hold your urine in, that's a voluntary muscle. So just think about a sphincter as something that closes up and it opens, mm -hmm. closes up and it opens. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. And so do, do men, cause, cause when the women, when we, when we were talking about the women's series, when they talked about the sphincter, right, they talked about doing um, exercises and doing things to tighten up the sphincter. So as you know, um, incontinence happens in women as they get older and lose hormones and those things, right? Is that the same, not so much with the hormones, but this is the same effect with men. Can they do exercise to, um, uh, tighten their sphincter or not, or their anatomy does, is not made in that way? Well, actually, they can. The thing about it is that you have to think about the pelvis. The pelvis has a pelvic floor, mm -hmm. which is made of a series of muscles, all right? Mm -hmm. 
So you got these muscles down there. And once everything gets stretched out, seeing doing uh, a woman having a, a baby or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. then other things can happen because her, she's got laxity in her pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So she'll see things like, oh, my bladder dropped. Or, you know, they get a rectocele where the rectum's pushing out or the bladder's pushing out mm-hmm. because of all the pelvic laxity. And they can, uh, and then they start having problems with the sphincter control, things of that sort. You mm-hmm. know, uh, for a guy, usually when they start having uh, problems with leakage, it's usually because of surgery, mm-hmm. you know, because you've had, you know, his prostate removed or stuff like that. Plus, guys have two sphincters. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the smooth muscle sphincter, and then you have the voluntary control sphincter. Oh, okay. So they have two sphincters. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's good to know in understanding the uh, the male anatomy, right? Yeah, that's so, why guy that's why guys don't leak as much as females. Usually when you start talking about urinary incontinence, a female only has one sphincter and she has a very short urethra. Uh-huh. A guy has two sphincters and a much longer urethra because it goes through the penis. So guys have Number one, they have less urinary uh, tract infections because it's a longer urethra to get back into the bladder for infection. Oh. And we have two sphincters that keep us from leaking. Ah, oh, look, look at that. You guys, listen, you know, we, we, we're not going to get into all that, but the poor, the women, we just have to go through so much as females. It seems yeah. like you guys just have the easy life, even, even when it comes to reproduction, right? You have one role, you know, recently I was teaching a, a STEM class and the, and the students, and we were talking about the, the, the making of honey and the male bees had one role. <laughs> It was reproduction and then they die off, right? And the guys in the class were like, well, that's horrible. That's all they do. But I said, but that's a very important role because if they didn't, if they weren't able to reproduce, then the bees couldn't continue to have more bees and make honey, right? So I had to twist it so they could understand because it was like, that's all they do. Well, they do protect the queen. No, they not. The queen has like a, no, the queen actually has a, like a cord almost that protect her. She has guard oh, bees. Wow. Now I had to learn all that in the summer where I was supposed, wasn't supposed to be teaching, <laughs> but I'm teaching a STEM class, right? Okay. So, yeah, so I learned all that and it was like, oh, wow. But I just had to t- give those guys some hope to like, yeah, but, but, it, but it does do this. So they only have that role to reproduce and then they're gone. So even uh, their cord of, of, of protection is, but I digress. Let me get back because you know we don't have much time uh, so interesting. yeah so let's just get back to this uh you know I, you know I, I just love science so anyway i can get people to understand science where they can empower themselves and you got to start early that that's literally although i cannot be a school teacher right that's literally what i like doing and hence, hence is why i like doing the podcast and partnering with uh physicians like yourselves just so we can educate right so as we talk about the um the prostate right in this men's health series what hormone is there a hormone right that affects the prostate and if so what hormone is this it's testosterone okay and the thing about it is that you know just like women have estrogen men have testosterone mm-hmm. and the testosterone causes the prostate to grow okay all right and it gets bigger over time you know okay. that gets into a lot of other things what we talk about as far as you know the size of the prostate obstructive problems things like that mm-hmm. or even prostate cancer mm-hmm. you know so yes uh testosterone is that is that uh hormone okay so as men age so 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 when they are so 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 because the next question is the the age in the men's prostate right and so you kind of segue into that so as men age so what size so i read that the prostate kind of is the size of a walnut correct 
Right. So it doesn't start at that size, right? That's like the normal average size at what age? Usually around about age 30, 40, a guy's uh, prostate is full size. It's about mm-hmm. 20 grams or the size of a prostate, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, from the influence of testosterone, that prostate gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. I have guys that come in where they cannot urinate. Remember the, the picture that I was trying to paint uh, when I talked about the balloon squeezes, mm-hmm. urine goes through the prostate and out. Now, mm-hmm. if it's a 20 gram prostate, the water can go right through the 20 gram prostate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a guy comes in with a 150 gram, 200 mm-hmm. gram prostate, mm-hmm. you know, now he's trying to pee through a grapefruit, you know, mm-hmm. and it just can't get his water. I, w- I was just going to say, when you speak of these grams, what do you mean in size of visualization that is understandable? So you just said it like, um, like the size of a grapefruit would be like, how many grams of that would that be? Oh, that could be, you know, maybe like 200. 200. Uh-huh. Like that. That's a very large prostate. Uh-huh. You know, but I, I, I often see guys with prostates around about 100 or so. 100 you know. or so. And at what age is it? Is it around 100 or so? Is there like well, an average age? Everybody's different. And, you mm-hmm. know, depending on their testosterone and the influence on the prostate and how their prostate grows. Mm-hmm. But at, the problem becomes as it gets bigger, it can also become more obstructive. Mm-hmm. And that's when the problems come in. Mm-hmm. So when so when men are in their so, so, so Dr. Fossil, so when men are like young and, you know, they say that that's when their sex drive is the highest, right? Does this have anything to do with their prostate? Is it, does it have to do with their um, maximization of the testosterone? Like, so I'm asking you that because I'm trying to make the relationship of the prostate and, and see, is it related, is it related to um, their sex in their mind and why they have this peak at this age? You, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And the thing is, is that uh, testosterone is produced in the testicles. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's where the testosterone is produced. You got, you know, different types of cells, lytic cells, Sertoli cells. And, you know, what happens is that there is, uh, and I I don't want to get too deep on this, but basically there is an axis between the brain and the testicles that say, hey, make more testosterone. The anterior pituitary gland is releasing hormones that go down here and say, hey, make more testosterone. It's floating in your body and say, oh, slow it down, speed it up. But then what happens over time is the guy stops making so much testosterone from his testicles and then things start to drop off. Mm -hmm. And that's when the problems have happened when their sex drive starts to fall off. Mm. So listen, I literally, I, I, I literally was in Detroit um, a couple of weeks ago, right? And I was talking to, we, we met up with some 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 uh, Tuskegee folks, right, uh, to hang out while I was there. And we, and I was telling them that I was doing the men the men series in, in the podcast, and we literally started talking about the, uh, testosterone and these things. And one of the guys told me, and so because of course these are guys around my age, so you know it's fifties uh, to sixties in, in that age group, right? So the guy started talking about. Um, his, his testosterone levels and his sex drive, right? And one of the things that he said is that his, what he realized, he was dating this particular female and, and it was after, after a divorce, right? And he said, and what he realized is that he was having a hard time, although he felt in his mind, he wanted to have the sex, right? 
he wasn't able to really have the sex with her. And he was having this conversation as, as I didn't know if it was her. I didn't know it was my mental. But we so we were talking about how connected your mental is, right, to your sex drive, which now you're saying the prostate and how it connects and sends out these signals to say produce, right? So it so your mental, right, then are then are you saying, Dr. Fossil, that your mental then can control this um how much testosterone is released and, and or not released, or is it just the universe and the aging and, and how it happens? You understand what I'm saying? I think so. But let me just break okay. it down like okay. this. The thing about it okay. is that you got this male hormone testosterone that's coming from the testicles. Uh -huh. Now, testosterone is what gives us muscles. It gives us male pattern hair growth as far as beard and mustache and all this other kind of stuff. You know, and it makes certain organs grow, you know, mm -hmm. the penis, the prostate, things of that sort. So mm -hmm. you got this hormone that makes you a man. Now, mm -hmm. once that hormone starts to drop off, it's like your body fights against it. You mm -hmm. know, just like a, a woman goes through menopause, a guy mm -hmm. can have high flashes, mm -hmm. irritability, mm -hmm. weight gain, things mm -hmm. of that sort. So, you know, he starts to notice usually when guys come in and their testosterone level is dropping. They mm -hmm. find that they have problems multitasking. They get mm -hmm. irritated real easy. Mm -hmm. Next drive is going, at the end of the day, I'm just tired. You know, I used mm -hmm. to come home. I go to the gym, work out. Now mm -hmm. all I want to do is get on the couch. I'm not doing anything outside. You know, I'm just done. Just don't have the energy to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys I say, okay, well, let's check your hormone numbers. Mm -hmm. And so if in women, we call it menopause. Is there a name for it with male? Uh, hypogonadism. Hypogonadism. Nobody's saying that. So is there, is there, is, <laughs> you're saying that Dr. Fossil, but nobody is saying that. So that would be the medical term, right? Yeah. Just think, you know, the, so what would be the layman? What would be the layman term? No, but Dr. Fossil, nobody is saying that. So what would be the layman term? You know that, right? And I know that because I've heard it, right? But nobody knows that. So is there a layman term that's used when men? Just decrease libido. Decreased libido. Uh -huh. So that's why the GYNs, right, also talk about um, when they talk about males, men and their testosterone levels, they also talk about shrinkage, shrinkage of the penis, because you just said that the testosterone levels also give um, length, correct? Is that what you said? No. no What'd you say? It, it helps out with the growth of organs, like when a oh, uh, the growth of organs is in its developmental stage and stuff uh -huh. like that, or a young male is growing, you know, uh -huh. the testosterone influence will uh, affect size of penis, mm -hmm. you know, muscles, you know, hair growth, things of that sort. So, so, so when they ha start having testosterone depletion, if you will, as they get older, then then it has nothing to do with the shrinkage of the penis size. Usually, when a guy starts noticing, I have a lot of guys come in and say, "Man, it just shrunk up." You mm -hmm. know, the thing about mm -hmm. it is that, you know, when you start talking about the penis itself, mm -hmm. the penis is erectile tissue. And I always explain mm -hmm. to them about the penis, kind of like a rubber band. You know, if you mm -hmm. stretch the rubber band out, it stays very elastic, things of that sort. You know, but if you're mm -hmm. not stretching the rubber band out, it gets tight. And mm -hmm. that's basically what's happening is that, you know, a guy gets older, say his mm -hmm. testosterone level is dropped off. He's mm -hmm. not very sexually active. And, you know, now, you know, he's not really right. using the penis anymore than for voiding. Yeah. And it starts to yeah. shrink up. In yeah. addition to that, he may gain some weight, you uh -huh. know, and then, you know, there's extra fat around there. So he looks down 
you know, it looks shorter because uh -huh. it's gotten tighter uh -huh. or it actually shrunk back into all the extra fat. Uh -huh. so, my laughing is my questions in my head as you're talking, right? So, so Dr. Fossil, so did you just say that men who don't have sex a lot, that ain't what you said, but I'm, I'm interpreting, right? Did you just say men who don't have sex a lot then can have shrinkage? Is, is that what you're saying? Basically, I always tell my patients, if you don't use it, you lose it. Is that the, is that the truth? <laughs> like, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm going to yeah. be telling women. Women, you heard, did you just hear that women? So if, if one, of, one of the therapists said, one of the therapists was on the show saying that, you know, we, we're going to do a show about women who withhold sex because of their uh, attitudes or they're trying to punish their, their spouse, right? So this is important to know. Women, while you're trying to hold out, with your with your spouse you need to stop trying to hold out because this can cause some shrinkage <laughs> and at the end you probably not gonna win so stop the holding out right dr fossil because you just said it that it's oh my god i'm gonna be telling women this all the time say listen now i talked to the doctor and and this is what he said so so use it, it, listen, listen, listen. It's just like people, cause I'm a singer, right? And you can hear the raspiness in my voice cause this is from yelling, not singing. But you know, the, the, vocal, the vocalist or the vocal coach always says that if you don't use that muscle, right? In your vocal cords to sing, you would eventually lose it because you're not, it's the same, it's the same thing that if you don't, if you don't use it now, Dr. Foster, this is not good for men who just be doing something they ain't got no business doing all the time. Because I'm probably helping them on one hand, right? And then on the other hand, it's like it's like bittersweet, right? So the bittersweetness is of it, however you look at it, right? Is that if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Now, don't nobody come for me because you know people will come to me and say, I need to use it on your podcast, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you what the doctor is saying. I'm repeating it so you can... Uh, further understand, right? And 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 what I want to stop and say right here, um, Dr. Fossil, is not only are you a specialty in the prostate, but you also do penile. Um, now we can just take a moment to talk about that since we're right here in this, at this moment, right? We'll talk about it again later. But we will. I mean, like on another show. But I want to take the time to just stop right here and talk about what you do as far as that concerns. So men get older, they not using it, they losing it. How can you help them regain what they what they had when they their youthfulness? Not maybe you can't take them back that far, but how do you help them to regain? Let since we're there in that spot. Let's just well, I can tell you the thing about it is that um, say usually when a guy comes in and he's having problems, erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always talking about, you know, what can you do? I always mm -hmm. try to make it real simple for my patients. I say it's kind of like swinging a pendulum across. First thing you start talking about is that I need to get more blood flow. There's three basic things you need to get an erection, mm -hmm. right? You need mm -hmm. good blood flow, mm -hmm. you need good nerves, mm -hmm. and you need desire. Mm. All right. Now, the blood flow. In that order? In that order? Well, it's not necessary in that order. They okay. Work okay. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. blood flow issues can be. Uh, can come from a lot of different things, hypertension medication, chronic diseases like diabetes and things like that. You know, all that kind of works together to affect your blood flow. All right. Mm -hmm. Nerve problems could be from surgery or radiation to the pelvis. Hormonal, that's your desire. That's your testosterone. Now, when a guy mm -hmm. gets an erection, he's hitting on all three channels. He's got mm -hmm. good blood flow. He's got good nerves. He's got great mm -hmm. desire. So all that mm -hmm. works together. Now you get the mm -hmm. guy over here who has erectile dysfunction. 
what I have to do is kind of approach it from the standpoint of what's going on. A lot of times guys come in and, you know, uh, we might be talking about apples and oranges when we need to be talking about apples and apples or oranges mm -hmm. and oranges. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I always have to really focus on what's really going on. Is this a hormonal mm -hmm. problem where I can mm -hmm. get an erection, but I just don't want to, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I don't have any sex drive mm -hmm. or I got all this mm -hmm. sex drive I want to, but it's just not getting hard. All right. So now mm -hmm. I got to figure mm -hmm. out, okay, which one do is the problem? What do we need to focus at to figure out what's going on? So mm -hmm. in most time, a guy has desire, you know, so his testosterone mm -hmm. is fine, but he just can't get an erection. So now the thing mm -hmm. becomes, okay, what's causing it is, you know, is it a blood flow problem or is it a nerve problem? Well, I had never had mm -hmm. any radiation or mm -hmm. any type of surgery down there. So really it kind of comes down to a blood flow issue. Okay. What other mm. medical problems do you have? Do you have high blood mm. pressure? What medications are you taking? You know, do you have mm. diabetes or some other kind of, you know, systemic illness that may affect your blood flow? You know, mm. now once you focus on that, then you say, what are the treatments? Mm -hmm. Treatments usually fall into, you know, PO medications like a Vibra mm -hmm. or Cialis. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's most commonly on the market. Mm -hmm. Or you could talk about vacuum pumps or you can talk about injection therapy. Mm -hmm. If all that fails, then finally we're talking about surgery. Mm -hmm. Now, there are other things that you can do mm -hmm. that's outside of mainstream medicine where mm -hmm. you can talk about using things like the P-Shot or mm -hmm. PRP, where mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. actually go in here and try to revitalize the penis. Mm -hmm. So I have guys that come in who are not having good erections. They haven't been that active. Mm -hmm. I can do the P-shot, plasma-rich platelets, mm -hmm. where, you know, we take your blood, we spin it down, remove the red blood cells, white blood cells, and all we have is your healing factors. And mm -hmm. we put that back into the penis and we tell that penis, heal up. Hmm. And then we go back to what you, you used to do as a child. And I always say, this was something that God gave you. Mm -hmm. You will wake up every night or you wake up in the morning with an erection, a heart on. Mm -hmm. You get multiple erections throughout the night. You know, mm -hmm. a young male, if you got a young boy, he's getting erections all through the night. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even a wet dream. You know, mm -hmm. that's all part of these erections that come. Well, that goes back to that rubber band. You're stretching out, it's going down. It's stretching out, it's going down. So it stays very elastic. So mm -hmm. when he gets ready to have erection, no problem. I'm used to stretching up. So ah. once I put him on PRP and I say, okay, we're trying to get you to get new blood vessels rehab that tissue. We're going to use a vacuum pump. I want you to stretch it up several times a day. What I'm mm -hmm. trying to do is get more blood flow into that penis. So when you become sexually active, now the penis is ready to stretch up because you're used to stretching it out, you know, mm -hmm. because basically mm -hmm. you took that rubber band, you put it on the shelf and all of a sudden you want it to perform. It's too tight. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to happen. You're not mm -hmm. going to get directions, but mm -hmm. that's what we go through when we're trying to rehab a penis. Yeah. No, I, I gave you a lot of no, 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 no. That was good. That was really good. Because okay. you because you, not what because I'm such an outgoing person where people don't know about me. And I'm like a straight nerd. Like I love science. And I, like I said it before, I love help people to understand science, right? So so what from what you just said, I'm gonna utilize, you know, my knee. I play tennis, you know, I play at Tuskegee and I play tennis now, right? And so you know, they I, I had to have shoulder surgery from from tennis right because it was just like i gotta have surgery but with the knee the knee has been sprained a bunch of times the knee been beat up they say it's arthritis in the knee however the therapist like you know before you play tennis because what i would do is stretch right before i played tennis right but when i finished playing tennis i i didn't stretch again right and so she would say you got to stretch before you play tennis and then you got to stretch after you play tennis but what i found is for myself is that i do yoga 
right? So when my knee starts to act up, even respond to it about the rain, you know, from the arthritis, I know that, okay, you have not been doing your yoga, like you need to do it, right? And so we know that yoga stretches out the muscles, right? And gives us the flexibility to now endure whatever you're about to put on it, right? So I do yoga, you know, when I'm consistently playing tennis and I don't, I don't play it competitively because I just want to be something fun, right? But when I consistently play, I make sure that I do my yoga because that's going to stretch, keep that muscle stretched out and going, right? So basically what you're saying is kind of like the same thing in, 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 the, in the whole essence of if you don't use it, you'll lose it. But also you're going to have to make sure that it's a muscle, right? Basically what you're saying, it's a muscle, right? No, it's not a muscle. No, the but you fun, but you but the functionality that you just gave it's like a muscle, right? So if it's not a muscle, I'm glad I said that so you can explain. So if it's not a muscle, right? Then what is it that you that function like a muscle? Well, the thing about it is the penis basically has three channels: the corporate mm -hmm. cavernosum and the corpus. Mm -mm, that's too much. You got to make that layman. Dr. All right, Wilson. so. So basically think about these two cylinders mm -hmm. and it's vascular tissue. I always explain it. It's kind of like a sponge. Mm -hmm. And once you wet that sponge, it, it basically uh, uh, expands. It, it expands. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So you got this sponge over here and once blood flow comes into it, it expands up and now it's a hard penis. All right. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is that if you get that penis and you're not expanding that sponge, now that sponge is tight and hard. Think about it like that. You know, but it's not a muscle. No, it's not really a muscle. Do, do, people, do people think that? Do people think that the penis is a muscle? No. Yeah. But the do thinks, they do? Penis thinks it's a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, <laughs> and a piece of penis thinks it's a muscle, right? But you're saying technically it is, but it it's functions a, like a muscle somewhat. It's erectile tissue. Yeah. It's erectile tissue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Dr. Okay, it's erectile. It's erectile tissue. Okay. So for layman people, is that what they would say to is erectile tissue? No, they're not gonna use You gotta get it. Hey, Dr. Fossil. So Dr. Fossil, you have got to like here's the thing, because you know you're so 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 smart, right? But you you've got to think in this process of people who have no clue, right? Because that's really my audience. They have no clue, like none. They'll 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 email me, they'll call me, and it's like, oh my gosh, like I learned this, I learned that. So I try to make it real layman for for people, but the the in some in some instances you just need to know the medical term, right? Like you know, some instances like it is what it is. You need no, but if there, but if there are terms to help them to understand, because the understanding of layman, and then they remember better if it is layman, right? And that's why why I ask you. So it's not a tissue, uh -uh, not a tissue. It's not a muscle, right? It's a tissue basically. It thinks it's a muscle, and it functions in a way that a muscle functions, right? <laughs> and if you start telling people that it's not a muscle, then it's going big old. They're gonna internalize it, and then then you then you're really gonna have a lot of patience because it's like, oh, it's not a muscle. Like, how how do I get it to work right? But you're saying that your brain works with it together to now get these fluids that it needs to function and act like a muscle, but it's not a muscle in that way, right? So think about the uh, the tissue more like when I gave that sponge, uh -huh. you know, because I'm a surgeon. All right. Uh -huh. And unfortunately, you have like cancer cases where you have mm -hmm. to remove the penis or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. If you cut the penis in half, that the tissue itself looks like spongy tissue. Ah, OK. It come on. That's like really good. Spongy. OK. Mm -hmm. All right. So the thing about it, what makes you think like a muscle is because it expands and mm -hmm. it contracts, you know, mm -hmm. but what it really mm -hmm. is, it expands up like a sponge that's full of full of uh, water. 
or blood. Mm -hmm. That's an erection. Mm -hmm. And it contracts mm -hmm. back down when the blood goes back out. Okay. So okay. Like Thank you. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That, that was perfect. Dr. Fossil, that, 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 that was perfect. Okay. So Dr. Fossil, so um, let, let's just talk about, cause see, I told you earlier that we're not going to be talking about uh, BPH. We're going to talk about cancer. And you're like, well, how do we do that? And not talk about that. You see how we do that? Cause it's so much for understanding, right. That we have to talk about to make sure that people are clear exactly what the prostate is, the function of the prostate with the penis and the male and the hormones before we even get to those dysfunctions of it. Right. And so that's why I said, we'll talk about that in detail later, because I knew that it was going to take um, these questions to help uh, people, even for people to understand what actually is a prostate, right? So, but we can though in this um, in this podcast talk about screenings for your prostate screenings, like what age do they start and um, what screening needs to be done? Because I know there's like a few out there, which ones are important to do and which ones are not, and which one do you prefer, right? So first the question is at what age? Well, the thing about it is that, you know, there's been some changes over time with what's suggested as far as prostate cancer screening, mm -hmm. you know, because I've been a urologist for over 20 years, mm -hmm. you know, and I've diagnosed thousands of cases of prostate cancer. You know, mm -hmm. I still believe in screening starting at age 50. Now, here's the catch. Mm -hmm. If you have a prostate, if you have prostate cancer in your family, that means mm -hmm. it's hereditary, it has a hereditary component. Mm -hmm. So those guys should start screening earlier maybe mm -hmm. around age 30, 35, they should get a PSA done. Mm -hmm. You know, normal PSA is less than four, one, two, three, four. All right. Oh, if you uh -huh. your PSA is already over three at mm -hmm. age 35, you need to be watched closely, you mm -hmm. know, because that's usually. So you said a normal, a normal, a normal, a normal PSA is less than four, correct? Right. Okay. And then you said that if it's at three, at what age? Age 35. 35. Uh-huh. Then I'm, I'm you're somebody that needs to be watched on a regular basis. Okay. So, you know, you or maybe even consider early biopsy. Mm, early you know, biopsy. When we start talking about, you know, looking for prostate cancer. But mm -hmm. the thing about it is that, you know, basically now after age uh, after age 50, every mm -hmm. guy should get a PSA uh, once a year. Mm -hmm. So how PSA. would a guy at 35 know that his uh, PSA levels are out of three, do they just normally check that in physicals or no? Or has it, do it have to be requested if it's family history? Well, this is the way I use approach it in my kit, in my clinic. I have a gentleman mm -hmm. that comes in and I just diagnosed him with prostate cancer. You know, mm -hmm. as we're sitting there discussing, usually with he and his wife, you know, or a significant other, I say, if you have any male children mm -hmm. or other males, first degree uh, relatives, mm -hmm. you know, you should let them know that you have prostate cancer and they should get screened early, mm -hmm. all right? So those guys go in and they start getting their PSA checked. So say my dad had prostate cancer, I got checked at age 35, my PSA was, you know, around about one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine at mm -hmm. age 35, mm -hmm. you know? So maybe I'll check it again at age 40 and mm -hmm. age 45 and see if it's going up and watch it closely like that. Mm -hmm. But once I get to age 50, I need to get checked every year. Every year. Because okay, I know so it runs in my family. Understood. So my, so, so even if, so, cause in breast cancer, right. The doctors say that when women get breast cancers in their seventies or above, right. They don't necessarily look as, look at that as um, hereditary, right. They don't, they don't look at it as, as, as genetics, right. Is that the same for, um, 
um, uh, for men or because the, the reason I'm asking, because my dad had prostate cancer in his 80s. Right. So should now my brothers um, be getting checked early? They should even in yes. the 80s. Okay. 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 Yes. Okay. That's great. That's great to know. So, so if your father, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you know, but I did breast cancer research is how I got in this whole public health thing. Right. Um, in, in grad school, in my master's in biology and chemistry, I did breast cancer research. And we actually found that it, it, it was, was, it was with vitamin D, right. And how the cells respond to vitamin D with the, with, with the cancer cells. Right. But in also in that research, we also found that there was a relationship between um, men um, in the family who had prostate and women who then had breast cancer or vice versa. So now, now there's more information out, cause that was a while back. Now there's more information out. Um, doctors are now telling uh, patients that if your father had prostate cancer, then you know start your screenings a little early and vice versa. Is Do you agree uh, with that assessment, Dr. Foster? Most definitely, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. They should okay. definitely be screener. And that's what I was saying earlier that once I diagnose a patient with prostate cancer, you know, I'll mention, do you have, you know, a son or, you know, any first degree relatives mm -hmm. that, that are males, they mm -hmm. should start getting checked early. Mm -hmm. and, and by first degree, you mean like mom, dad, sister, brother, right? Yeah. Okay, or like, uh, uh, like my nephew. Like your nephew. Okay. Yeah. So nephew, nephew would be considered first degree because that's your sister's child or brother's yeah, exactly. child. Okay. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Okay. And so what screening should they be getting? You, 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 you spoke about the, the PSA, which is, what is a PSA called? Prosthetic specific antigen. All okay. right. Mm -hmm. So the thing about it is that this whole thing with PSA, when we start mm -hmm. talking about PSA, prosthetic specific antigen, mm -hmm. that guy comes in and his PSA is high. There are other mm -hmm. things that can cause your PSA to be high, mm -hmm. all right? Infection, a big mm -hmm. prostate or prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. So once a guy has a high PSA, they come into a specialist, that'll be me. Mm -hmm. My job is to make sure it's not prostate cancer. Sometimes it can just simply be some infection. Or uh -huh. say that 20 gram prostate that we talked about uh -huh. is now uh, a 50 or a 70 gram prostate. Uh -huh. A bigger prostate makes more pro makes more PSA. So you okay. uh -huh. can actually have a higher PSA and not have prostate cancer. Uh -huh. So PSA is not a specific number, uh -huh. but it's a good marker that you follow over time. Okay. Now, uh -huh. you, screen, you need two things to happen with screening. Uh -huh. You need the PSA uh -huh. and you need a digital rectal exam. That's where you take uh -huh. the Mm -hmm. Place it in the rectum and you mm -hmm. fill the prostate. God kind of set it up where the prostate it was easy for us to get to. Yeah. You can go in there and check it. Yeah. You know? So the thing about it is that, you know, I joke some of my friends when I shake their hand. I was like, hey, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I, I need right to get here. you there. I, I need to get you there, right? Yeah, right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because listen, um, Dr. Fossil, listen. So um, because what they're feeling for, right, is the size. And you guys can feel from the size because you've just done so many and you know when the size is large or when it's too small. I mean, or. Yeah, right? you, gain, you gain a gestalt for it. Now, the mm -hmm. thing about it. What is, is gestalt, that, Dr. Dr. Fossil? Dr. Fossil. You get a, you get a feel what is for it where, you know, over time uh -huh. you become more and more confident, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. where you don't actually have to have, you know, something that is hardcore is just. I got a feeling that this is this. All right. So it's uh -huh. kind of a stop uh -huh. that you get over time. But the thing is, uh -huh. is that I always describe it like this. They say, well, what, it, what are you feeling for? Uh -huh. If you make a fist, uh -huh. you know, this right here is the thenar muscle. Uh -huh. All right. And you make a fist and you make it tight. That's what the 
prostate should feel like. Mm. If you come over here and you feel the knuckle, that uh-huh. would be a nodule on the prostate. All right. Uh-huh. If the prostate, you make your fist soft, you're not squeezing hard. Now uh-huh. I can push into it. You know, that's a prostate that's possibly got some infection in it because it's too soft or it's tender when I push on it. Uh, so it should be hard and firm. It should be firm, uh-huh. just like uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. You know, but even the, the term firm can mean other things in this in, in medicine when you're describing a prostate. Uh-huh. You know, but, but how do you know about the size from that? Because so uh, so the, how it's feeling is gonna also tell you the size? Well, over time, because you've checked enough of them, mm-hmm. you can feel a prostate and say that's enlarged or that's okay. normal size. That goes back to that gestalt. You know, uh-huh. so I know that gestalt and gestalt means <laughs> just tell that, us what it means so we'll it, know because you don't it, like to use it. It, it's that it's that feeling of knowing what what something is without uh-huh. actually having to see it. Uh-huh. You know, I just got a feeling for it. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just trying to use some layman terms. So yeah, yeah, no, no, understood. Uh-huh. So the thing is, is that you know you can feel once you felt enough normal prostates, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you immediately know something is abnormal because I know what normal feels like. Understood. So like when I have uh, medical students or residents that are training under me, uh-huh. you know, my whole thing is you need to learn what normal is. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. So you go in here, you do the exam. Your thing is learn what normal is. Uh-huh. So if you decide to go into family practice or uh-huh. something like that, internal medicine, a guy comes in, you do a prostate exam. You know, I'm not looking for you to diagnose prostate cancer, uh-huh. but I do expect for you to know what normal is. So you can say your prostate's not normal. Yeah. Urologist. So you uh-huh. send it to me then. And uh-huh. then I figure it uh-huh. out. But you uh-huh. need to know what normal is. Yeah, I like I like that. You're you're a really good uh, um, instructor for uh, medicine. Um, I just got to get you down to the layman people, though. But you did that. That's really good. No, but I like the way that that you give. First of all, you gave us a new word. Um, Gestalt. Is that what you say? Gestalt. <laughs> how, do you, how do you spell it? How do you spell it? Girl, how do you, spell it? I... <laughs> you don't know. Okay, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna let you guys know yeah, how to spell it so we'll learn our new I, words. I, I I'll be off. <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, okay, no, absolutely, no, absolutely. Okay, so, 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 Dr. Fossil, so, so, in closing, and I know that we didn't talk about cancers and, and the BPH, and we'll, we're we gonna get him back on this. We gotta go sleep outside the house. Now, Dr. Fossil is very, very smart, but I call him, I call him the Black Hunter because he hunts, and you know, this is an Afro descendant uh, podcast with Afro descendants, right? Who I'm trying to educate more, right? And so Dr. Fossil is our Afro descendant hunter and he hunts. That's what you do for fun, right? That's what yeah, you do. Yeah, that's, that's my pastime, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm a country boy, yeah. you know, growing yeah. up down in South Georgia. And, yeah. You know, being on the farm, you know, I yeah. have a small farm, so. Yeah, you know, wow. We, we like wow. to hunt and fish and yeah. I have a couple of horses, so, you yeah. know. Yeah. My fun time is, you know, out at the back of the barn, chilling out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, even though, you know, I play this role over here. Yeah. And you know, once all this comes off, I'm just a country boy. Yeah. Hey, listen, so so that 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 ain't going to homecoming. So I'll meet you on that side of fun, <laughs> the homecoming side, because I don't know, I'm from Mississippi. I'm not the farm here. I don't like animals in that way. So I'll meet you. <laughs> 
or be running from them, I'll meet you at the homecoming side of the fun. Like for me, it's music. So it's no music, no life, right? For me. So, you know, I always say, don't worry about something happens. That machine, you got to turn off, put the headphones. If I don't respond to the music, I'm out. Turn the machine off. That's literally what I tell my family because for me, it's music, it's concerts. I have literally gone to four concerts in the last um, month. I, I like love music, right? And got like three or four this month, right? So that's 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 my vice. That's how I, I'm 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 so much of a nerd, and people don't see that because I'm so outgoing. Because I try to be relatable to people. Because as you know, because you are like you. Where you at up here, Dr. Fossil? We don't know what you're talking about. Come on back down to us layman people, right? But I really appreciate you coming on to just start this men series off um, because we have a I'm, I'm trying to help all male doctors, right? So men, so it can be relatable for men. So that's why we have to have you back and kind of talk about some details about the prostate and the cancer and just some other things because it's the prostate health and sex series, the things that you never thought about as you age, right? As, as I'm in this age group, that, that certain things happen for women, but they also happen for men. And men kind of go be, be uh, you know, people don't see it happening, if you will, right? And so, and, and, then, and then a lot of it is there, because of their ego, they're not going to address problems and issues and concerns that they're having. So that's the, that's the purpose of the podcast to do that. So tell, Dr. Dr. Falls, now, are you on social media? You you tell me your age when you say this answer. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually, we're we're getting our social media out there. Uh, you can look me up under Body Evolution uh, MD is uh -huh. what you know what we're under. Uh -huh. um, our website, uh, we're doing some work on that. Okay. Um, there are other things that we can talk about on the next time I come back. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, because I do a lot of work with penile enlargement. So yeah. He says he wants to be bigger. Yeah. You can look me up under Panuma. Panuma, Panuma, P E N U M A, Panuma.com. Uh -huh. You know, I'm one of the Panuma surgeons. They're only about 11 across the country. Uh -huh. So the thing is, is that, you know, I offer FDA approved implant for guys that want a bigger phallus. Mm. This is not for erectile dysfunction. It's just a, hey, the I guys want a bigger phallus. What's a phallus, doctor? Doctor, bigger doctor. penis. Okay. Uh -huh. I want uh -huh. my penis bigger. Uh -huh. I can do that and it's uh -huh. FDA approved now. You know, okay. so that's something else that, you know, we offer. So I have guys that fly in, you mm -hmm. know, the guys want to keep it private. So they fly in. We put them up at my private ranch. Mm -hmm. We take them to my private operating room. We do their surgery. You know, everything's completely private and we take care of them. And now nobody knows you came down because you want your penis bigger. Yeah. But yeah. when they leave out, they got a much bigger penis. And yeah. some of the guys are truly impressive. I mean, when you start talking about. When you get an erection and you can't get your thumb and forefinger around the base of your penis, mm -hmm. you know, that's some increase in size. Mm, wow. Now I don't even know if women are going to be wanting all that, but okay, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother yeah. topic, but okay. But now, so what do you do? So, so you do that for penile enlargement. So, but what do you do for the, because you say erection comes in three things, right? The blood flow, the nerves and the desire, right? So how do you, and you said the desire is part of the hormone, right? So what do you do for that part, the, the, the desire? So they can, cause they can have a large penis, but still not have the desire of their hormone like what do you do for that because i know well, i know you we, do some i'm just asking you so you can tell the people right yeah usually when we when we do that first of all you know we're going to check your labs because we mm -hmm. need your baseline labs to figure out exactly what's prop what's the problem remember i talked about this axis where the brain communicates with the testicles yes so we need to make sure the axis is actually working 
And yes. then we can figure out, is it a primary problem, the testicles, yeah. or is yeah. it a secondary problem? He's pointing problem down. He's pointing down the primary one. <laughs> coming from the brain. Yeah. You know, so we figure that out. Once we realize what it is, then we say, okay, are you truly a candidate for testosterone replacement? Mm. You know, and then we go from there. Okay. So, but if, but if the, if the testosterone levels are low, you also offer the pellets, right? Right, right. You yeah, can, about the pellet, cause you know, I'm a big pellet proponent, right? I get the pellet and I want men to get, you know, I want some men to get some pellets, right? So yeah, just talk about the pellets real quick and I know you have to go. Well, the thing is, is that uh, when we start talking about testosterone replacement, there are a lot of different ways to replace testosterone. You mm -hmm. can do anything from a nasal spray to injection therapy to actually doing pellets, things of that sort. Now, patches, huh? Patches. Patches also, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or things, jails. Mm -hmm. You know, so you got gels, nasal spray, patches, mm -hmm. you know, injection therapy. Usually mm -hmm. if a guy comes in, I'm going to be talking about getting him going because I want to get his levels back up. We'll start off with injection therapy. But mm -hmm. if you want something that's more therapeutic mm -hmm. on, a, on, a, on a higher level that stays there, now mm -hmm. you're talking about pellets. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is that first you got to meet the patient where they are. Yeah, yeah. You got to get a complete diagnosis of what's really going on. And once you docu document what's going on, because testosterone has this, what we call diurnal uh, uh, measurement, where it's higher in the morning, lower in the evening, you know, so you check. It's higher it. in the morning, lower than evening. Note right. to self. Okay, go ahead. All right. So you check. <laughs> That's part of why guys used to be going hard on all the time. All right. So the thing is, is that, you know, you want to get morning labs and make sure you truly know what's going on. And then from uh -huh. there, you say, do you really need replacement? You know, mm -hmm. so that's where that's how we work that up. Okay, I like I like that you so you two do a detailed analysis of the individual, right? Because everybody is different to decide what they need. See, that's why Dr. F I told you I only get good people. Like I, I already told you, like I told you, this is this whole thing is personal for me with this podcast. So Dr. Fossil, just even the way that you um, decide on what a man needs. Um, it's, it's very important for me to help people to understand, like, this is where you need to go. So tell, cause, cause I'm on Dr. Dr. Fossil's time now. So he, he already told me what time he had to and our time's up. So Dr. Dr. Fossil, just one more time, tell, let everybody know where you're located, um, where, where they can, um, come to see you. And it'll, it, and always it'll be on my website, how to get in contact with Dr. Fossil and a link as soon as we get a link, but we will have his information on there under our referral. So you can always go to blackpink.org, right? But Dr. Fossil, you tell them again, because Dr. Fossil, this is really, 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 really been good. Cause I learned like a lot of things I know, but I, I too always learn something cause I'm a forever learner, right? So I also learned something. So I've learned a lot, right? To bring the guys in the conversation, right? So you're probably gonna have some men just kind of saying, oh, let me call Dr. Fossil because we know how old we are, right? But let the people know that I really enjoyed, I really have really and true, truly enjoyed this. And people don't know, but we're doing this in like midday. So this is really has made the rest of my day. I've learned a lot, especially in those peaks. <laughs> okay, yeah. But tell the people. <laughs> You're <laughs> how to reach you and where you're located okay once again i'm located in warner robins georgia which is south of atlanta uh it's adjacent to macon georgia so we're middle georgia uh, uh it's the urological health center um uh -huh. the thing is is that uh that's that's the urology side of the practice 
uh-huh. my uh, cosmetic side of practice is Body Evolution MD. Uh, so we're getting some of our websites and stuff like that open up and going. Uh, so if you just want to call our office, it's 478-333-6961, you know, to directly contact us. You know, otherwise, you know, you'll be able to just go to my website, which uh, we're putting some finishing touches on a new website. Okay. So you said the number is 478-333-6961. That's correct. Okay, that's so that's how we call the office and, and get appointment. Now he told you, you got a private ranch. Now that ranch part, because he, you know, he, you know, he's a black hunter. So he, you know, he has a private ranch. He has his own surgical center. Correct. Correct. I'm glad I know you. Like I know you're not like I know somebody who knows somebody. You're like I know you. Like I'm so glad that I know you. Right. Booker <laughs> T. Booker T. Brought us together. Like I, I absolutely, and I and I have some more people on from 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 school. Right. So I'm ex- I'm so excited about that because you already know what people say about HBCU. So this is a. HBCU graduate. I'm so excited about that, that you're on here. You're smart as a whip. You're so smart. I got to bring you down so you can help us be with the layman people. <laughs> but not, but not the That's a good thing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for continuously um, saying, let me see. I kept bothering him, y'all. You persevere, right? I kept bothering him. I was like, let me get this girl on here because she bothers me. So let me just go do her podcast. So thank you for just coming on today and doing the podcast. And we're going to have you back, Dr. Falso. And we're going to have some questions. And the people are going to be coming to you. Let them know that Black Pink's your Dr. Falso on, doc, on Black Pink. And uh, what you do is your business because you know you got all this private stuff, but I'm just saying you can let me know I went and saw him. So well, I thank can tell you. you. This has been a joy. I, I appreciate it and thank you for inviting me. I can't believe we've been talking for uh maybe I told an you. Hour, I told you. you. Know? I told you. Uh, so, uh, I told you. I told you. Yeah, yeah. I do have to go because I got okay. just waiting. Okay, and, thank uh, you, thank so, you much. so much. Absolutely, you have a good day. All right. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. This this has been so very good. Um, listen, Dr. Fossil has been so good today. But uh, before we get into uh, the recap with uh, Dr. Fossil, I want to take the time to talk about our um, featured artist today. Uh, the feature artist today is, if you know me, then you know the story. So I decided to do this So because when you, when things happen to you, you like to try to move on from things. And I love music. You know that. Hence is why I have the soul notes on here. I'm here to help you breathe. Um, and our feature artist today is Avery Sunshine. Um, Avery Sunshine is actually from Atlanta and she was the minister of music at a really big uh, mega church here in Atlanta. But um, she is also one of those artists who can really sing. She plays um, several instruments. She can really, really sing. Y'all notice that I don't even talk about people who can't sing and like they're really singing. I don't talk about people who use uh, voiceovers and sound like a train or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said a train because I'm getting beat up, but you know what I mean? So the the, the album today that uh, I'm featuring is uh, Avery Sunshine 2016, 2064-2064. And the particular song that I chose from this album is called uh, Jump. 
And the song, the song is basically talking about go ahead and do the things that you need to do. Stop being sitting still. Stop being stagnant. And, you know, and I chose this song because even for your health, you need to stop being stagnant and stop, you know, doing things that you don't need to do and do the things you need to do. Jump and get it done. Um, Avery Sunshine is Avery Sunshine on all of her social media. She's A-V-E-R-Y. Uh, Sunshine S-U-N-S-H-I-N-E and I'm uh, I'm going to give her a shameless plug. She's going to be in concert here uh, this weekend at Mabel House um, with um, some other person if you're in the Atlanta area. So you will not be disappointed if you go to her concerts. Check her out. Check her music out if you don't know her. She's Avery Sunshine. Um, she has at least three or four albums out. I think I have all of them. My first one is probably her first album uh, Avery, titled Avery Sunshine. Then she has a sunroom and she has this uh, 2064. So we're waiting on some new music from you, Avery. And But but check out Avery uh, Sunshine. And, um, you know, if you see her, let her know that you heard um, you heard about her here on um, the Rhythm Notes of Health uh, podcast. So let me just get into this uh, little review of today's podcast with our men series. Oh my gosh. This was so good. And I, I told Dr. Fossil before he came on, like he, 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 did, he didn't have a clue what the format was going to be, how long we're going to be on here. But I said, hey, listen, it's going to go fast. You're going to enjoy it. And he was like, well, how do I talk about this and not talk about this? And I was like, don't worry. I'm going to give you the, the questions. You just answer them. It won't be anything that you don't know. Because my goal is to make sure that um, the people who listen to the podcast is clear on what we're talking about. Because if we talk over your head, it's going to be just like you're talking to the doctors, right? So this men series is going to be really good. I, you know, as you see, I favor some HBCU graduates, and particularly uh, if you book a TK, which you is. Uh, Tuskegee. Um, and so with with Dr. Dr. Fossil told us a few things. Uh, number one, with your uh, prostate, he told us that you should be getting a, a, a screenings at 50. That's the new guidelines. And but if you have history of prostate and now we know all breast cancer, then you need to start your screening at an earlier age around 35 to be getting your PSA done. He also told us that the prostate um, is with two exam, your blood, which is done with the um, PSA, which is a prostate specific antigen that looks for something in the blood, an indicator. And he told us that the other screening was the finger screening. And that which he, he, he if you if you're able to see this on the YouTube that we're on on blackpink.org, you know that he he put his finger up and said, hey, this finger checks prostate. And he specifically told us how they were able to feel and know the size of the prostate, whether the prostate was normal or abnormal. He also told us in understanding in um, numbers and markers that that normal prostate is anything less than four, right? And he said that if you're at a three, if you're at a three, uh, with a, this is PSA numbers, at 35, then you needed to be watched more. You may need to do a biopsy, but you need to definitely watch your prostate. 
right? We also talk about size of prostate and how it grows. But specifically, we talked about men go through, men has three things for erection, uh, blood flow, nerves, and desire. And desire comes with the hormones. And then men too have hormone depletions. Um, and then they also have hot flashes. Um, they feel tired. They Their sex drive goes down. And all these things is because of their um, they, their prostate. It works in conjunction with their prostate. We also, in the, and I don't want to tell you about the whole show because I'm, I'm going to say this one more thing, but you got to make sure that if you're at the end, hopefully you saw the show or you heard the show, so I'm giving you a recap. But if not, if you missed something, go listen to it again. But he also told us what the prostate do, the importance of the prostate, why you can't live without the prostate, although you will not be able to have kids in the direction from the from the penis, but there will be other way to, I guess, get the sperm, right? So listen to the show. Send me your questions at info, I-N-F-O, at blackpink.org. And if I can't answer them, I'll get them answered from you, from one of our doctors here. So this men series is going to be wonderful. Um, Dr. Fossil also gave you his information to get in contact with him, but you can always go to blackpink.org. His information will be there. And you can reach us at blackpink.org. Make sure that you're downloading the podcast and make sure that you are um, so so that when new shows drop, you can automatically get them. So make sure you follow us on all of our podcast streaming uh, platform. I have talked way too long. My music has gone off and, you know, that doesn't happen. But I'm really excited for about this men series and this podcast. So until... The next time I will see you later. This is Kai Ayanta. I'm the soul of public health. I hope you've enjoyed today's show as much as I have. Bye.